to another Dusk Side Talk with Mark. I think this is the fourth episode of this particular series I've been doing, where it's just me sitting here at my not-quite-clean desk with the cat who's meowing, just talking about games and what's been happening in the world of board games. Today is a very exciting episode because we got a mammoth announcement from Fantasy Flight Games that they are going to be releasing by the end of the year, I believe, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Now, listeners will know that Twilight Imperium is one of my favorite games in the entire world, the 3rd Edition. I put it, I believe, as my 3rd favorite game, maybe 4th favorite, on my top 50 list. I love the game so much. Uh, I wrote a very glowing review of it that you can find on the website. It's got diplomacy, politics, trade, technology war it's got everything it's the ultimate 4x space experience in board gaming and i just adore it so when i saw out of the blue that twilight imperium fourth edition is going to come out i was very intrigued and so today i'm going to be going over the differences and the similarities that were announced based on the twilight imperium uh based on fantasy flights press briefing essentially, or their announcement page where they're talking about the game. And I'm going to go over the similarities, the differences, and then try to guess at if this is going to be worth the investment because it is a massive game and there's actually been a fairly significant price increase compared when you compare the two versions. Right now, overall, I'm cautiously optimistic about this game. The changes they've listed look good. I'm not sure if it's going to be worth the money necessarily, but I'll go into detail later on in this podcast. But first, let's talk about some stuff that's been happening with the, with the Thoughtful Gamer. I've mentioned a few times already that uh, I'm going to be going more into video stuff, and I got the equipment this past week. And it's Tuesday when I'm recording this, and I got the last of my shipments yesterday, uh, the lighting. And so this week is going to be really fun testing out the video, testing out streaming, testing out uh, the lighting equipment and how to make the game room look nice. So I'm really excited. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do in terms of video, probably just videos that interest me. So rules explanation, gameplays, live plays. I think we're planning actually a game of Twilight Imperium that we're going to cut Ken Burns style, like documentary style with, you know, the Ken Burns effect on different states of the game and then talking head interviews, you know, with the different players about who they, you know, who they're uh, scared of, who they're trying to ally with, what their plans are. So I think that'll be really fun. The cat is now investigating the microphone. No, don't step on my keyboard. Over here on your blanket. There. You can sit over there, kitty. The cat is very active today. So that's kind of a taste of what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to do interesting videos. I don't know if I'll run like complete series. The The three things I really want to do right now at some point are a fairly quick Mage Knight video how to play because there isn't one that's quick. So I'm thinking hopefully under 30 minutes. For Mage Knight, you know, that's that's pretty good because it's a very complicated game. The the Twilight Imperium Ken Burns documentary thing I just talked about, and 
a how to play slash playthrough of Netrunner with Amber, my wife, and probably Jeff, who you guys haven't heard on the podcast yet, but is a friend of ours, uh, because neither of them have played Netrunner, so I think it'd be fun to do a kind of teaching game in, in with them, and by extension with the audience to help them learn that fantastic card game. So those are the three things I have kind of in the back of my mind. If you have any ideas of things you'd like to see recorded with video, I'm going to start off slow because I know I've done a bit of video editing before and I know it always takes longer than you think. So I'm not going to commit myself to a ton of video, but I do want to do some. I'll probably do some reviews on video too, uh, but I want to make sure they're high quality and they're good. I don't want to just start, you know, there's, there's enough reviewers and people out there who just, you know, stand in front of their wall of board games and talk about a game. I don't really want to do that. I'd rather write my reviews because I know I can be more precise with written reviews. But I do want to do some video stuff. We'll see. I'm rambling at this point. I'm just really excited about it because it's going to be really fun to play with. More importantly, coming up, recording on this Saturday, is going to be the first of many, hopefully many episodes of the new kind of sub-podcast we're going to do on off weeks that we are calling the Half-Witted Scruffy-Looking Podcast. It is going to be me, Ben, uh, and newcomers JR and Jeff, who you haven't heard from before, all playing a game of Fantasy Flight's Edge of the Empire Star Wars RPG system, DM'd by Matt, who has never DM'd a game before, so that'll be interesting. And we're just going to play an RPG and we're going to record it. And I think it's going to be awesome. We've been working on our characters for a while. And I think we have some really cool characters. I know Matt loves Star Wars even more than I do. And he's going to have some great stuff for the campaign and the narrative. And I hope you enjoy it. Eventually, we'll probably start recording that on video too. But I think at the first episode, we're just going to do it as in uh, just audio. Um, but I think it's going to be really, really fun. It's If you're not familiar with Fantasy Flight's RPG system, it is a custom dice-based system. So it doesn't use... I think for some things it uses percentile dice, but other than that, everything else is custom dice uh, that they produce because it's Fantasy Flight, and that's they love custom dice more than anything in the world. And it's a very narrative-focused RPG system. Even probably, yeah, I'd say even more than D&D 5th Edition, which was a pretty narrative-focused D&D edition, particularly compared to the, the previous couple. So very narrative-focused, not heavy numbers crunching, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun because that's kind of the, the style of RPG that I enjoy anyway. Plus it's Star Wars, which is also awesome. It's going to be set in between... Or right after the destruction of the first Death Star, so in after the first or episode four, and it's going to be set mostly on the outer rim. So it's it's the scoundrels of the universe, the the back alley gangs, and you know organized crime and all that good stuff. I'm sure huts will show up because they always do in that kind of setting. And so it's going to be away, I think, from what I understand what Matt has told me, it's going to be set away kind of from the events of the, you know, the big galactic events of the movie, but still influenced by those events. But it's going to be more focused on how these kind of planets on the outer edge are affected by that and deal with that world in that setting. So stay tuned for that. I'm not sure. Hopefully I'll have the first episode up in two weeks from now. Um, to replace the desk side talk 
and I hope you guys all enjoy it. I think it's going to be really fun. Let's talk about Twilight Imperium. First of all, I just want to talk about Fantasy Flight. They're killing it this week. So they had Twilight Imperium 4 announcement first, which came out on Saturday, maybe? Or a couple days ago. And then yesterday, I believe, yesterday being Monday, they announced a new Civ game, a new Sid Meier Civ game, which there hasn't been one in probably 10 years in that line. I didn't look at the details quite as much, but I'd be interested. I love Civ games. And then apparently... Tomorrow, which is actually today. So on Wednesday, I'm recording this on Tuesday, so I got to get my time straight. But apparently on Wednesday, there's going to be some other huge announcements, announcement that a bunch of reviewers have alluded to. So apparently they've sent out pre-production copies of these games to some of the big reviewers. I know Rado talked about it. The Dice Tower guys alluded to it. Man vs. Meeple talked about it, I think. And it's on embargo until Wednesday. And then they're going to announce it. Now that combined, it actually, we don't even know if it's Fantasy Flight, but I think people are guessing it's Fantasy Flight, or it was alluded to by someone that it's going to be Fantasy Flight. There's some mystery game that's going to be announced based on other evidence we think it might be Fantasy Flight, and then there was a thread on the board game subreddit where a guy talked about his local game store said that there was a Star Wars fantasy flight game that he was getting a limited number of copies for it and he was offering to loyal customers the opportunity to pre-order it even though he couldn't talk about what it was i think those are the same game that would be my guess and so my prediction right now that will i guess be probably confirmed or or not confirmed by the time i'm posting this to the site is that they're going to announce a new version of Star Wars Queen's Gambit, which was a game, I believe, by Avalon Hill a while ago about the three-tiered battle at the end of Episode 1, which, by the way, I think is a magnificent Star Wars battle. I like Episode 1 a lot more than most people, and that's a big part of it. I think that entire battle sequence is fantastic. Anyway, there was a game about that. I've never played it. It went out of print. A bunch of people liked it, though. And then it's kind of entered this mythic state of, like, games that you'll never get to play. And they sell for, like, $500 on eBay whenever a copy goes up. I bet Fantasy Flight worked out whatever licensing issue was holding back a reprint of that. And that's going to be my guess. That it's Star Wars Queen's Gambit. Okay, finally. Twilight Imperium 4. Let's talk about, first, the similarities. Now, if you haven't played this game, I would first urge you to go to my review, where I talk a lot more about how the game functions and how how it feels, or else this might not make a ton of sense. I'll try to still explain it in such a way that if you haven't played or don't know much about it, that you'll get some indication of what I'm talking about, but it's probably better to do a bit of research first. So let's go over the similarities and differences. So the things that look like they're staying the same. The point system, which is objective-based. So in other words, in the game, you uncover their secret private objectives, but mostly public objectives that give you points, and the first person to 10 points or 14 in the long game, which is what I, I prefer to play, wins the game. And it could be you know taking over another home system or blockading a home system or getting Mechatol Rex, which is the center planet on the galaxy, or having a certain number of trade goods. There's all kinds of random things that provide these objectives. And that looks like it's staying the same. 
which is slightly disappointing because that's the main criticism I have for the game is that the objectives often seem to be separate from the main action of the game and you have to force yourself to focus on the objectives at the expense of kind of doing things that feel fun and thematic. But I think it's not an inherent problem with the mechanism. I think it can be a problem with the objectives themselves. So I'm hoping they've revamped or at least looked at the objectives cards themselves and made them a bit more interesting or maybe a bit more thematic. That's probably a hard thing to do. I mean, it's a small criticism of the game, but I'm hoping they did some refinement there. Uh, Galaxy Drafting looks like they, they announced it's going to work the same. Uh, you have Mechatol Rex in the middle. Everyone gets a hand of the Galaxy cards at the beginning of the game. You draft the planets. I think that's a fine system. Um, you can always do variants, and I'm sure people will make, just like they did with Twilight Imperium 3, some quote-unquote balanced galaxies that you can set up and, and play without the drafting part. And I'm going to talk about this later, but that's part of the greatness of Twilight Imperium is that it has a, this kind of DIY feel where there are so many modules and expansion modules and home rules and user-created resources that you can customize the game to how you want to play without feeling like you're playing the game wrong. It, it encourages that and it wants you to build the game that you want to play. And I, I'm hoping TI4 continues that feel. Uh, what else appears to be the same? The actions, you, you can't get a really good look at the action summary on the player boards, but it looks like it's the same thing where you have strategy, tactical, and um, I'm blanking out on the third action. It's basically the tactical action, but you can swap things between two of your, your own systems. But those appear to be the same. Uh, the strategy card system where that borrowed from Puerto Rico where you take everyone takes a strategy card and then when you execute that strategy card, there's a secondary strategy that other people can then execute. That looks the same, which is great because that's a fantastic system. And the ships are all the same. Um, the models look slightly different. I think they remolded everything. But most of the minis look very similar except for the cruiser. The PDS system looked pretty different, but mostly the cruiser was a lot different. And then they include flagships, which is one of the modules from the expansion. So those are the main similarities. So the, the whole framework of the game seems to be pretty much the same as TI3, with a few smaller differences in some of the subsystems. So let's look at the difference now. First of all, they changed the graphic design of the player aids. And the player aids were already really good in Twilight Imperium 3. They communicated a ton of information. These look even better. They look really, really good. First of all, because the racial player aid that shows the specifics of your race, your tech starting technologies, and your special powers and abilities, um, also has all of the ships in kind of like rectangular boxes with their stats instead of having it in a small grid in the corner. And they do that because when you upgrade a ship, you get an upgrade card that you just put on top of that ship on your player aid. So then you don't have to sit there and look at the standard stats for your ship and then look through all your tech cards and find all the bonuses. So maybe, you know, the fighter hits on a nine, but then you have to look through your tech cards and see if you have that advanced fighter bonus that gives it a plus one that hits on an eight. 
Instead, all that information is just going to be layered on top of the player aid, so you only have to look at one place, which is just a brilliant graphic design improvement, and maybe the most ex most exciting thing that I've seen from the preview, just because I love really clever graphic design, it, it looks fantastic. And then it looks like off to the side is kind of where you put your command counters and your fleet supply counters. And that looks like it's tied to the color of your ship. So there's separate pieces. And that also has the little quick reference for how the order in which actions resolve away from the, the racial bonuses and the, the ships. So it looks really cool. It's going to take up a bit more space on the table, but it looks like it's horizontal space, which is usually fine in most table setups. That looks fantastic. The trade system is, is going to be completely different, and I didn't quite understand how it's going to work, but basically it looks like instead of trade agreements, you can trade commodities, and then those commodities translate into trade goods when the trade action executes, and you can also only trade with people you're adjacent to. It also looks like the commodities have other powers assigned to them or bonuses. I'm... It seems like an interesting system, and I think the most exciting thing is the focus on adjacency, where you need to be adjacent to someone in order to trade with them. Not only is it more thematic, it forces people who are next to each other kind of in the setup to actually get ships adjacent to each other, which in the early game is scary, and usually in our games avoided. We try to put up like barriers between between us and neighbors you know just diplomatically but this is going to incentivize people to get kind of closer to each other on the board which makes the whole thing more tense so i think that is a really positive development we'll see if they give more announcements on how these commodity cards work before i can make a judgment there they simplified the tech tree this this is a great improvement. We talked about this on the podcast where uh, we had Bubba over to guest uh, host on the podcast. And he talked about that was his least favorite part of the game was how complicated the tech tree system was. And while I love tech trees, it is kind of a barrier to entry for the game, how convoluted that tech tree is. Now how they're doing is that instead of very specific prerequisites for certain technologies, you just need to have types of technology prerequisites. So instead of saying, you know, you need to have cybernetics and or one of this other tech in order to get this thing, it'll say you need two green or biotic technologies and one yellow technology. It doesn't matter what they specifically are. And that way, not only can you condense the information graphically on the card, it just makes it easier to understand what's available to you. And it, and it simplifies the entire thing. I think not only does this remove a small barrier to entry and a kind of complicated part of the game, it will reduce playtime because a lot of the time, you know, when you're getting a game of Twilight Imperium going, one of the most important things is to make sure that there's a tech tree accessible to everyone at the table. And I think this will pretty much eliminate that need and will reduce the amount of the game time because people aren't going to be staring at the tech tree for so long. So I think this is a great improvement to the game. I have no idea if the texts themselves are going to change. That'll be interesting to, to look at. Another change, PDS and space docks are going to be built using a strategy card instead of as a normal part of the tactical action where you can build things. 
This is very interesting, and I don't quite know what to think about it. On one hand, limiting it to a strategy card introduces a kind of opportunity cost, because if you want to build it, you, I think you need to either take that strategy card or piggyback with a strategy counter in order to build these very important resources. So it reduces, it introduces more of an opportunity cost for it, which means it'll probably be less common, which will probably reduce kind of the spamming PDS strategy, which does slow down the game quite a bit and can be really annoying. So on one hand, I think that this might be positive. On the other hand, does this mean that you can build from space stocks the same round that you construct them? I don't know if that changes. And if that's changed, it might quicken the pace of the game, but it takes away a lot of long-term strategy and it makes it much easier to come back from and recover from attacks, which I think is probably to the detriment of the game, but I don't know if that rule is going to change because of this strategy card. As it stands, I don't really know what to think about this change, but I'm hoping they do it smartly. I just don't know enough of the details to make a judgment. Next, probably the biggest change that they're making is with politics. Politics used to be, and how politics works in this game is that basically there are laws that you can vote on in an act that change the rules of the game somehow. So they're very meta, they're absolutely fascinating, but it used to all be dependent on someone taking the political strategy card. Now it's going to be an entirely separate round at the end of each round or a separate phase at the end of each round once someone is on Makatal Rex. So it takes away politics from the early game. And then you get all of your planets, including, I assume, the ones that you've gained that round for influence, and then you do two entire rounds of politics, which seems ridiculous. Like, if you play Twilight Imperium, you know that these politics cards can be incredibly impactful on the game. They can literally change the face of the game. And if you're doing two around for the entire last two-thirds or three-quarters of the game, that's a lot of politics cards to be voting on. So, politics is about, in, in TI4, is going to be very common and... In that sense, I, I like it because I think the politics part of the game is one of the strongest aspects of the game, but I'm hoping they tone down some of the politics cards because there's just going to be so many of them that if, if they're too powerful, it might get very annoying. On the other hand, it does increase the importance of having influential planets, which in the in TI3, it's generally more... You know, resources are generally more valued than influence on a planet. And this may equalize that a bit, which may work out. I don't know. I'm afraid it's going to become too variable, too crazy, too cosmic encounter-like, where I think TI3 does it pretty well. Anyway, that's something we'll have to look at the details for. The final change they list is the Imperial card. Now, in the base game for TI3, the Imperial card is just bad. It's it's not good game design. Basically, it forces it forces a timer into the round where if you can take the Imperial card, you do because it gives you two points, which is a fifth of what you need to win the game. And then if you can't take the Imperial card, you take the Initiative card, which gives you initiative so you can take Imperial next time. So two of the selections on strategy cards are always 
essentially predetermined. So basically you always play with one of the expansion strategy cards instead of Imperial. And it looks like they're incorporating, I think, one of the expansion cards or at least a modified one of the cards into the base game now for TI4, which is just automatically an improvement. It looks like it's a pretty good card, although I think I probably still prefer the Bureaucracy card from the, oh, the Shattered Empire expansion. Um, that's the one we play with because it makes the end game really fascinating in how you manage turn order and strategy card selection. But I think the Imperial card they're showing here is quite good. It rewards people for getting a Mechatol Rex, which is always a good thing. And yeah, I think it's I think it's a solid improvement there. So overall, what's my take from this? The strategy they seem to be taking here is trying to tighten up some of the weaker parts of the game while keeping the overall game the same. So I think they're being smart there. They're not doing a massive overhaul. It looks like they're including more races, maybe all of the expansion races that we saw from all the expansions in TI3, and some modules like the flagships and a couple other things from some of the expansions from TI3. So it's kind of getting the Viticulture treatment, where Viticulture incorporated a couple of small expansions and changes into their Essential Edition. This kind of looks like it's going to be TI3 Essential Edition, which makes me hope that they're not just going to leave it there, that they're also going to include modules. As I talked about, Twilight Imperium has that DIY thing going where they have so many optional modules that you can customize to get the game feeling that you want. And I hope they don't do away with that and say, okay, here is the experience, here are the modules you are using, and there's nothing else. I really hope they don't do that. And like Viticulture, you know, the Essential Edition is great, and I hope they do the kind of the same thing and introduce an expansion that gives you all of those modules, or at least give you some of some optional modules in the base game itself. Otherwise, that seems too limiting to me, and I don't quite like it. But knowing Fantasy Flight, they're going to give expansions because they're Fantasy Flight, and that's what they do. That said... The price on this game is significantly more expensive than TI3. MSRP on this is $150, whereas on TI3, it's $90. So it's over a 50% price increase in the total like amount of stuff you're getting in the game. I saw someone do a really detailed analysis. It's like 15% more things. So the price is quite expensive and... You know, overall, I'm cautiously optimistic about the changes here, but a lot of it is dependent on the more refined details. How are they, if if they are even, changing the technology cards or the politics cards or the tech cards to work with the new mechanisms they're using for these things? Because if they don't change them much it's probably still a slight improvement over the base game of Twilight Imperium, but I don't know how it's going to justify its massive price increase. If, however, they have refined the details of the cards themselves, maybe streamlined the rules a bit, made everything a lot more tighter and balanced and, and working with the mechanism changes, I think this could be a brilliant addition of the game but it's going to be dependent on those details. I'm hoping I can get a review copy of this. I already emailed Fantasy Flight, just basically begging for one because I want to do a really in-depth 
review comparing the differences in the games, but at $150, that's a lot of money. And if if you were someone looking at this saying, wow, I was about to buy Twilight Imperium, but should I wait for the fourth edition? I would say you're probably good. The fact that there's going to be a new edition doesn't take away the brilliance of Twilight Imperium third edition. But I think if you're on the fence, you know, the changes here listed seem good enough that I would probably wait until we get more of the details. I know with some, with a lot of big things, Fantasy Flight will leak more details over time as release grows nearer. I would probably wait for some of those details and see if it's going to be justify the price. But if you're not concerned that much about the new edition, about having kind of the new thing, it doesn't seem like it changes enough to make it an obvious purchase over Twilight Imperium 3. Me personally, I'm going to wait. I love the game, so I'll probably end up getting the fourth edition eventually. But again, cautious optimism is my current state. I hope this was helpful to you, to those looking at Twilight Imperium and wondering, is this fourth edition going to be worth it? Again, overall, I think they've they've done some very smart things here, but the execution is going to be what matters, and we don't know enough about the details to know if that execution is pulled off really well. So I'm going to wait, but I hope this gives you some information to make decisions off of, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Don't forget to check out the website at thethoughtfulgamer.com. Check me out on, t- on Twitter or Facebook, and also rate and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts from. Goodbye.